I happened to go to a dinner party and Nate Burkus was there and my friend introduced me and said, oh, um, Katie Chin's mom was a famous chef named Leanne Chin in Minnesota. And I didn't realize Nate Burkus was from Minnesota. And then he stands up and goes, I'm from Minnesota and your mom catered my bar mitzvah. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everyone, it's Jason Patria, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast. If you are joining me for the first time, huge welcome and thank you. I am on a mission to help you lead with your brand, be your best authentic self, and get to that next career breakthrough. I am thrilled today to be talking with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, and that is celebrity chef and author Kate. Katie Chin. Now, I wanted Katie to come on today because she's a great example of building, maintaining, and leveraging your network, which is a key component to the lead with your brand system, which is all about using a brand marketer's toolkit to promote and propel your brand. Now, here's what we know. You can have great performance, which I know that you do, and you're working on your image through building and leading with your personal brand. But ultimately, the differentiator is all about exposure. You know that old quote, if a tree falls in the woods and no one sees it, did it really fall? It applies to your career too. If you did an amazing job on a project and no one saw it, Does it really count? That's really the power of having a great network and building, maintaining, and leveraging those relationships. Now, people come up to me all of the time and they say, oh, Jason, I suck at networking. I I can't do it. I go to these events and it's so awkward or I feel like I'm, you know, leeching onto someone at a conference or, um, or at a work event. So I just want to share some quick tips for creating natural relationships because I think that's what Katie is a master of. In fact, she's a true super connector. The first thing I say when you are trying to create natural relationships with contacts is you've got to build rapport. Now, you need to stop pitching yourself and build the relationship. Now, I will tell you, for years I've gone out on the film festival circuit and I might be wearing a lanyard that says I work for a big Hollywood studio. And what do you think happened? People came out at me like crazy walking through the director's guild or any of the screening locations. People would come up and they would start pitching me their idea for a TV show. They would start sticking DVDs of trailers into my pocket. They would come up to me and be handing me postcards that I couldn't even hold. And I just thought to myself, 
you know what? Why are you pitching yourself? You've got to build rapport first. How do you make an honest connection? So you know what? When I'm sitting at a conference, I might lean over to someone after the session and say, hey, what was your favorite part about that session? I'm really opening it up and asking great questions. You can build rapport by asking great questions as opposed to just rattling off your resume. When I'm at a film festival, I might go up to someone and say, hey, what's your favorite film been so far? Tell me more about that. Why? All about asking those great questions. And guess what? After you ask great questions, you kind of need to shut up and listen because it's important for you to listen and find out what's important to them. It's not about talking at them. If you want to build a great network, you've got to super serve them as part of your career audience. And guess what? When you listen and learn what's important to them, you know how you can follow up. You never want to be a stalker. Now, how many of you have given someone a business card or you connected casually on LinkedIn and then all of a sudden someone was sending you an email every single day? They were hitting you up on LinkedIn Messenger you know, 15 times, you've got 15 messages from them every time you open up that mobile app. That's what I call being a stalker. I have literally been at events where people were following me around the entire time. Guess what? That didn't make me want to help them. And it's not going to make other people want to help you. If you have listened to what's important to other people, you can follow up in all sorts of amazing and natural ways. Let me give you an example. You know, prior to COVID, I was flying about 150,000 miles a year around the world. And what I would do is no matter what city I was in, no matter how tired I was or how busy my schedule was, I would look on my LinkedIn and sort by city. And you know what? I'd reach out to people and say, hey, I'm having coffee over at this location. I'm going to be in your city. Would love for you to drop by. Or can I come visit you at your office and catch up and hear about what's going on? I've never had anyone actually turn me down unless they were truly busy. Because you know what? I was following up in a natural way. And I would always cater something in those messages. I might say, hey, I was reading that article in Hollywood Reporter, and I just learned about that cool launch that you're doing on that show. Would love to hear more. Or I might go out and say, hey, I'm working on this project. I know you're an expert in that, and I'd love to grab some advice and insights from you on how I can do better or serve people better on that project. So ultimately, natural relationships are about building rapport, asking great questions, shutting up and listening, and following up by being in service and helping other people. Now, as I said, Katie Chin is the queen of connecting. I'm so excited to be talking with her because she's a successful businesswoman and an award-winning author of four and soon-to-be five cookbooks. Now, as a TV chef, you've seen her on her PBS series, plus tons of shows like Today, Beat Bobby Flay, and even as a guest judge on Iron Chef America. Now, Katie's mom was an award-winning restaurateur, and after a career in film and television marketing, Katie returned to her culinary roots. Most recently, Katie and her daughter, Becca, have been using COVID to co-host a live stream series on Facebook and Instagram called Cooped Up and Cooking with Katie and Becca. We'll be back with Katie in just a few moments. (laughs) 
If you're one of our listeners who's ready to dig into your personal brand and go for that next career breakthrough, I have a special announcement for you. We have the next series of the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program starting in just a couple of weeks. Now, for years, when I would give the Lead With Your Brand workshop or keynote address, I'd come off stage and people would come up to me and say, hey, how can I put this system into practice? And that's exactly what the Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program does for people like you. You're high performing and you're a high potential leader. Now, our next group is starting the first week of October. So if you're ready to do the work, go to leadwithyourbrand.com and click on Career Breakthrough Mentoring to fill out the application. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. All right. Well, I am sitting here with caterer, award-winning cookbook author, television chef, and food blocker, the fabulous Katie Chen. Katie, how are you? I'm great, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. You have so many cool and exciting things that are going on. Tell us what is new in your business. Well, as so many people can relate, I've had to pivot during COVID. I have a catering business called Walkstar Catering, but obviously can't be doing any of that. So, you know, a light bulb went off at the start of COVID. Why not use it as an opportunity to start teaching people how to cook easy meals that are affordable, that they can use leftovers with because so many people are cooking a lot more than they ever have cooked. And even if they're getting takeout regularly, they have all these leftovers in their fridge all of a sudden. So I looked at my daughter, Becca, who's 12, and you know she also loves to cook. And we just decided to launch a live stream series called Cooped Up Cooking with Katie and Becca. And we do that three times a week on Facebook and on Instagram. And we have had just a blast doing it. And we've received some great media coverage from New York Live to ABC to NBC for Los Angeles. So I think people are really gravitating towards being entertained while learning how to cook. But also, you know what? Anything goes right now. Like, it's perfectly okay to be imperfect. You know what I mean? So yeah. we allow people to make mistakes. We allow people to use substitutions. And we really encourage, look, if you don't have to go to the store an extra time, don't do it. You know, figure out another way. <laughs> it's totally fine, right? Yeah. And when you talk about not being perfect, tell me more about that pivot for you. Because you've been on on television appearances. You've had a show on PBS. How is it different when you're Facebook living your show out of your kitchen? Oh my God. I mean, like, as I said, anything goes. And I think it's really taught me just sort of like growing up as a Chinese American and having these expectations to be perfect and to be an overachiever. Listen, when you're shooting a live show, things just go wrong, 
right? I mean, sometimes our children <laughs> upside down. Sometimes things fall out of the pot, like right onto the floor. Like the time, you know, <laughs> Becca, the entire pot fell onto the floor. Or like when I didn't have my butane canister full in my little portable burner. But you know what? It's just really taught me to think on my feet. And also, I think most importantly, not to take myself too seriously. But Absolutely. I think people love that aspect because we're just real. Plus, you can't tell a 12-year-old how to act. You know what I mean? She just <laughs> <laughs> like doing like sometimes she'll go like, you know, you know, I'm not your slave. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're on the air. I know. And then one person, because my daughter, she just loves to nibble. So she's just, you know, nibbling away at all my mise en place. And one viewer said, oh, Becca's the nibbler. And then all of a sudden, all these people that don't even know that person are, they're like, where's the nibbler? <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so Becca has her brand already, right? She does. She is the nibbler. That's what we call her. So speaking of brands, Katie, talk to me about your brand as an author and chef. I think I like to describe my author chef brand as flavorful, authentic, and fun. So say more about that. How did you come up with that? Well, listen, it's taken me many years, I think, to really find my own voice because my mother was a very famous chef and restaurateur from Minneapolis and she was, you know, a super tiger mom. You know, she intimidated me. She was very warm and friendly. But like, for example, when we came together in, in the kitchen and on television, you know, I had to keep vamping and doing all the talking because she hated to be on TV. So I'd say things like, <laughs> oh, you know, if you don't have Asian hot sauce, mom, you could, you could substitute with with Mexican hot sauce, right? And she'd look at me, she'd go, no. <laughs> <laughs> Network, you know, on the largest dim sum restaurant, a floating dim sum restaurant in Hong Kong, back with the master dim sum chefs. And he's teaching me how to make the Hargalos crystal shrimp dumplings, which are quite intricate. And she says, you know, camera's rolling. She says, why are you so slow? So anyway, <laughs> as time went on, I really found myself and my voice and I realized that what people really gravitated towards as far as my brand goes is accessibility, relatability. If I'm just myself, people are going to, you know what, they feel like they can be themselves because I'm being myself. And if anybody can, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I also feel like as far as the authenticity goes, you know, as part of my brand DNA, it's all about honoring my mother's legacy and my mother's story and her heritage. So while it's, you know, great to be fun and let's be, you know, carefree at the same time, everybody can, you know, they can spot right away when somebody's being inauthentic or taking shortcuts or being lazy. So I think what was really drilled into me is, you know what, you have to have the highest standards for quality. So I tried to maintain that, but at the same time, try to be as accessible as possible. Right. So really bridging that gap between what you grew up with in terms of this amazing quality, but making it really open and easy for people to access, right? Absolutely. Because even, you know, my Asian American friends, I think we were all so busy trying to you know, prove to our parents that we would be successful, that they didn't have to worry about us, you know, that whole overachieving quality that we, some of us, we forgot how to cook. So there's also shame associated with that, right? Like, oh, 
I can't believe I don't know how to do that. So it's like, what I want to do is encourage people to just take my hand, like take my hand, come into my kitchen. It's a safe place. You're going to learn something valuable, but we're also going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And how do you, how do you make that work, whether you're on camera or even what feels harder when when I read your cookbook, I feel like you're extending that hand to me. How do you make that work through those different mediums? Well, you know, I actually learned this in an acting class, particularly when you're on camera, it's called endowment. So you look right into the lens and you imagine that that lens is your best friend and that you're talking to your best friend and that you're guiding your best friend. And I, I think I think that too, when I'm writing either my cookbooks, when I'm writing the introductions, or I might be writing an article, I just always try to do it through that lens of communicating with my best friend. I love that communicating through your best friend. So it feels like Katie, everything old is new again, because you are cooking with your daughter in a way that you grew up and were cooking with your mom. And I know that you, you mentioned your mom was a storied chef, but tell us a little bit about Leanne Chin, the businesswoman. Well, she was an extraordinary woman. She immigrated from China in 1956 as a seamstress making 50 cents an hour. She didn't even go to high school. She always loved to cook. And she just figured out a way to do it, even though she couldn't find fresh ginger at the grocery store. But one day she decided to throw a luncheon for some of her sewing clients. And they were so blown away by her authentic Chinese cuisine. Because back in the day, they could only find chow mein and chop suey. They encouraged her to start teaching classes and to cater. And one thing led to another. She became very, very successful. She didn't even have a car in the beginning. She had to take the bus that she hooked up with a socialite who encouraged her to, you know, open a restaurant with her. So this socialite was friends with the owner of the Minnesota Twins, and he was friends with Sean Connery. So they both invested in my mother's first restaurant in the wow which is insane. Like that doesn't even sound real, right? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, and this is back in the 70s, right? This was in the uh, mid 80s. Oh, mid 80s, right? Yeah. So, you know, it was just crazy. So by this point, a lot of the local community had heard that Sean Connery was investing, but she already had made a name for herself through her catering. And so they opened the first restaurant, which was quite elegant and upscale, which was another surprise. That's like, that's not what you expect, when you necessarily think of a Chinese restaurant. So one thing led to another. She continued to grow her business. And then in the late 80s, she actually, her company was purchased by General Mills. And they made her president of the division and wanted to take the chain national. Now, bear in mind, once again, she had never even gone to high school. And so it was truly an incredible success story. But I think what also made her such a success was the fact that she always gave back. She was a huge supporter of the community. She really represented the American dream, not just for minority women, but really anybody with a dream. So she always gave back. She was a pillar of the community. She served on several boards, including the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Twins, which she had never been to again before in her life. <laughs> she really became a celebrity and it was just incredible to watch it happen. She ended up buying the company back. And uh, it, it's now owned actually by the gentleman that owns Pickup Sticks in Southern California. 
Oh, wow. And, you know, for for folks that maybe aren't as familiar with with Leanne Chin and, and that brand, you know, I grew up here in Los Angeles. And, you know, my husband, Joe, is from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I remember the first time I went to Minneapolis, him always talking about going to Leanne Chin being such a treat when he was a kid. And I was like, yeah, sure. I bet you really had Chinese food in in Minnesota. And he was like, no, you don't understand. It was like the amazing, the best Chinese food everywhere. So it has such an amazing legacy. Well, it's it's very hard to describe the passion that people have for her brand. It's almost like a religion. And when Joe and I actually met, we, you know, he started screaming because Lanjin <laughs> was my mom. But I can't tell you how many people, you know, send me pictures that I meet in LA, happen to be from Minneapolis. Is the first thing they do on their way home from the airport. Stop at Leanchin. It's like a ritual. Yeah. Leanchin. They send me a picture of cream cheese puffs, you know, but just to, just to sort of explain the magnitude of the business. I mean, it was over 50 units and she grew it into a $50 million company. So it was truly remarkable. Yes. It was almost like you had an MBA growing up with your mom. I I guess so. You know, I feel like she had just this incredible innate business acumen. And while, you know, she wasn't really that, she was a very warm mom, but she didn't really say very much. A lot of it was just in uh, the way she looked at us. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you were like doing okay. If she, but then there was also the disapproving glance. And then if she handed me a purse, I know I did something well. Oh, I got like she would hand me a purse, not like say good job. (laughs) (laughs) So you have such this interesting story because you grew up almost in the shadow of this amazing brand of your mother. So how did you have your breakthrough to really define your own brand that was separate from the Leanne Chin brand? That's such a good question. And, you know, I, I didn't graduate from college and become a chef. So I sort of felt like I always had to prove myself and I had to establish my own platform, especially because she and I really launched this brand together before I even, I mean, just as I was starting to cook again, I have to say my Katie Chin moment, there's two things. One as a chef, because we had started a catering business together and she was mainly doing everything. And I was doing more of the marketing and, you know, the event planning side of it. But I think she realized I was too reliant on her skills as a chef. Basically, she was doing everything. (laughs) I kind of would help her. (laughs) What I'm trying to say. But she announced one day, she said, oh, I'm going to Europe for three months with my friend Denise. And I looked at her, I was like, what? (laughs) Now, bear in mind, I'm not like, 22 years old, but you know, I'm in my late thirties at this point. So she leaves because she realized the only way I was going to learn is if I was on my own because mm-hmm. we had all the catering gigs lined up. So I just had to figure it out. But then I did, you know, make some changes to our menu, which some of she, some of which she didn't approve of, but I started, you know, infusing my own modern, you know, cooking point of view into some of our recipes and our dishes. Then, you know, when I got asked to go on Iron Chef America, I think I really had to hone in on my very, you know, specific point of view, not, oh, what would my mom say? You know? Yeah. 
And so, Katie, what is that point of view? What is, I call it a brand filter, but what are the unique elements that make something uniquely Katie Chin? I'm going to say that it's accessible, modern cooking with a touch of fabulous. Ooh, tell me about the touch of fabulous. How do you, how do you operationalize or make that actionable? You know, how, how do you, how do you do that? Whether it's a book or a dish or a show? You know, I think it's something that makes you feel really good. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be something highbrow, extravagant or fancy. I think it just makes you feel like you accomplished something. And I'm not talking about, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, you know, wearing my designer outfit. I have all my fabulous friends and my, you know, martinis. You can be a soccer mom, right? With three kids, Mm -hmm. come home, open my cookbook or watch my live stream, make something that you felt like never in a million years you could make and feel empowered by that. And that's what I mean by feeling fabulous. But it's things that aren't, you know, necessarily run of the mill, right? So I try yeah. to, you know, some interesting spin, like my new cookbook coming out, you know, putting some really cool global spins on recipes like, of course, you could bring deviled eggs to the next picnic, but why not make it a miso deviled egg? No, that's cool, right? That's fabulous. Yeah. That's, that's memorable and unique. So it's really all about taking something that we're all familiar with and throwing that spin on it. Right. Exactly. So I know in April, you're coming out with your fifth cookbook. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my previous four cookbooks have all been Asian cookbooks. And my brand has primarily been, you know, modern Asian. But what I'm so excited about for this cookbook is that it's filled with a globally infused recipe. So it's over 170 globally infused recipes. Some are more straightforward and traditional, ethnic, international recipes. But quite a few, just as we're mentioning, are taking, you know, some some favorites, classic favorites, like there's a whole section on pizzas that are, uh, there's a Thai inspired pizza. There's a tikka masala inspired pizza. How about taking roast chicken? Let's take a roast chicken and put an international spin uh, four different ways. So, you know, I had so much fun with it. And people, I think, love the concept because let's face it, Our kids today are growing up with watching Food Network. We've been able to travel all over the world through the internet. We're exposed to all different styles of cooking, flavors of cooking. So many young kids today are already doing, you know, TikTok cooking shows. You know, our palates have been expanded. We're excited. We're hungry. And people want to learn how to recreate those flavors they're dining on at restaurants How do you do this in your own home in an easy and accessible way? You know what? And also, there's really no excuse because you can find so many ingredients at well-stocked grocery stores today or just an occasional trip to an ethnic market or, you know, through the Internet. There are tons and tons of resources. It's amazing because everyone's cooking nowadays, right? And so it's fabulous to, to hear that this new book really opens up that whole global palette. Absolutely. And let's just, you know, really embrace our our different heritages, right? So like we have four different cultural celebrations. One is Greek Easter. 
with Debbie Matinopoulos from the Home and Family Show and my friend Christos Garkinos. They sort of co-host that cultural celebration in the book. We also have Cinco de Mayo with Jeffrey Saad, who was a America's Next Food Network star, along with having a show on Cooking Channel. And I also have Lunar New Year celebration with Jeannie Mai and her mom. And then also Hanukkah, my husband's Jewish and we're raising our kids Jewish. And I think this also speaks to, you know, the multitude of blended families out there. So we have um, Hanukkah with a renowned food writer, Faye Levy, who contributed the recipes to that section. But then also back to Leanne Chin, Nate Burkus and Jeremiah Brent are featured in the Hanukkah section because I happened to go to a dinner party and Nate Burkus was there. And my friend introduced me and said, oh, um, Katie Chin's mom was a famous chef named Leanne Chin in Minnesota. And I didn't realize Nate Burkus was from Minnesota. And then he stands up and goes, I'm from Minnesota and your mom catered my bar mitzvah. Oh my gosh. that's And why is everyone like secretly from Minnesota? Because <laughs> we're taking over the world. <laughs> Good things from the Midwest. I mean, it's so amazing that you have cultivated this, this network of amazing connection connections and a network of amazing super fans that love your work. Tell our listeners a little bit about what are your tricks to growing your network? And then once you have folks in your network, how do you, how do you keep them close knowing that, you know, tons of people? Well, I was watching your TED Talk, Jason, and it was, it was <laughs> so great. I mean, I learned a lot, but I'm like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be proud. I'm a super connector. But you know what? I worked in the entertainment industry for 14 years prior to becoming a chef. Yeah. And I had a lot of different roles in the entertainment industry. And luckily, you know, a lot of those people have supported me, supported me in my transition to becoming a chef. I think also, you know, I worked in an area of Hollywood, which was, uh, you know, co-branded partnerships um, and promotions. So not only did I uh, meet a lot of people within the entertainment industry, I was able to cultivate relationships with tons of consumer brands because my job was to marry, a, you know, a film release with a packaged goods company or a car yeah. company. So I maintained a lot of those uh, relationships and friendships that just transitioned over and worked in tandem between entertainment and my culinary career. But I will say, you know, I think you just really have to treat people the way you want to be treated. And it's, it's, it's quite basic, right? And people want to work with people that they trust and that they like, right? And, yeah. and have a good time. So, you know, you have to sort of deliver on that promise of your brand all the way through. So I want to be fun. I want to be authentic. I want to be fabulous. I want to be fresh, all these things. But I also, in my business dealings, I need to reflect that as well in everything I do, every choice you make, every deal that you close. I think it's, it's so important. You just cannot burn bridges, right? So I, and then I also... I'm just constantly thinking of new ways to sort of reinvent a relationship I might have. Like yeah. somebody did a deal with 20 years ago when I was at Fox. How can I sort of rejigger that? Obviously, it, ha it has to make sense. You can't put yeah. a round peg in a square hole. But like, ooh, I, I kind of put that marketing hat back on. What are their marketing objectives? What are their strategic objectives? And how can I fulfill that? How can I help them with what I can bring to the table? 
Absolutely, right? It's really about thinking about the other person, right? How can you add value for them? Exactly, exactly. Not just like, oh, I'm great. <laughs> you should partner with me. But, you know, I noticed that, you know, for example, you've really been trying to reach the mom kid market. Well, guess what? I've repivoted my brand doing a show now with my daughter. Maybe it didn't make sense three years ago when it was just all about the Asian thing, not necessarily about me as a mom, but I've, I've sort of changed. So, you know, how can we now work together? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you talk about evolving, right? Because great brands evolve, great personal and professional brands evolve. What are some of your tips from folks that are growing and they want to evolve their brand, but still stay true to who they are? I think that it's important to not be afraid to take risks because you can't grow unless you know, you're, you're willing to take a risk, but that doesn't mean that you can just, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, take uh, something that's going to jeopardize, jeopardize who you are in your brand. But I do think you can, you know, you can put your toe in the water and try something new. You can create an advisory board among some of your trusted colleagues and friends, throw it out to them. You know, I had a friend that has a, you know, great group of, of, female friend, she was like, you know, I actually created an advisory board for myself, for my brand. And we get together and I respect all the people at the table, but, you know, I, I just want to make sure I'm not going crazy. And I think sometimes in COVID, we start to go crazy because we're, you know, living in our head all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> so it is important to, you know, get the advice of some, you know, trusted peers. But then at the same time, if, you know, ask too many people, then, you'll make yourself crazy as well. But I think most importantly, don't be afraid to take a risk. Yeah. What's one of those big risks that you've taken, Katie, that paid off? Well, I mean, you know, doing a live show, I think I just, you know, <laughs> I <always laughs> felt like I had to be so perfect. And I always wanted to have my own cooking show. You know, I'm like, why not? Why not? I can. I, I absolutely can. So that was a big risk, not having something scripted, not having a producer, not having to worry about everything I'm saying. And honestly, I feel like my most authentic self comes out live. And a lot of my friends have told me that too. They're like, we love you when you do your scripted stuff, but we really love you live because that's when I think my true personality comes out where I don't really care as much about what people think. That's the other thing. Stop caring so much about what people think. <laughs> right? right? And it's interesting that whole over scripting makes you not be your best you, right? Totally. Because you're just worrying too much and then you're diluting your message in your true self. So Katie, some quick final questions for you. We've been talking about brands and marketing. What is your favorite brand? What are you obsessed with right now? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying not to be biased, but you know, I I have been a Hello Kitty fan for quite some time. Ah. <laughs> and I actually did work there for four years. But before I'm a super fan, even before I worked there. So I mean True and true. That is something that I feel like she she spoke to me. Yeah. I she's a reflection of me. And that's the beauty of that brand because she's almost like a blank uh palette. And any type of girl or women just projects who they are on 
onto her and she becomes their best friend. So, you know, Hello Kitty, obviously, I think Apple, because it just fits within my lifestyle and um, it helps me. It, mm-hmm. it helps me be who I need to be. And let's see, third and let's see, third, third, third. I'm going to say, um, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it to those two for right now. I think Hello Kitty and Apple are perfect. Now, tell me, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Well, I drove a Hello Kitty smart car for many years. away from Sanrio. I had it before. I kind of sealed the deal. I had it before I worked there. Well, the licensing community is very small. So when I um, talked to them, I said, well, you know, I have a Hello Kitty, you know, a smart car with Hello Kitty on the sides. And they go, oh, we know. and finally katie what is the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners today my best piece of advice is leap and the net will appear say more i think a lot of people are ruled by fear I think particularly when you're facing a new challenge or you're thinking about pivoting, which so many of us are right now during COVID, uh, if you're experiencing a midlife crisis and you want to explore changing careers, you really have to ask yourself, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Also, if not now, then when? And I think most importantly, back to that network of supporters and friends and people that love you, I think you have to almost look at it as if you're a gymnast, right? And you're on that balance beam and you've got, you know, the supporters underneath you that are spotting you. I think you have to continually imagine you have those people, you know, they're always there. They're always there spotting you. They're always there supporting you. So you really have to tap into that energy and confidence that nothing's going to stop you as long as you believe in yourself. Well, Katie Chen, I give you a perfect 10 for sticking that landing. And I'm so excited to read your new cookbook coming out in April, Katie Chen's Global Family Cookbook. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Jason. And we'll be back with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Okay, everyone, didn't you just love listening to Katie Chin? I am obsessed with Hello Kitty, too. And ultimately, my big takeaway here is you can't be someone you are not. Now, over the years, people come up to me and they say, oh, Jason, I want to be like Oprah or I want to be like Sheryl Sandberg or I want to be like Steve Jobs. And you know what I say? You ain't Oprah and you're never going to be. The reality is you can only be you and the best you that you can be. 
So it really starts with what is your authentic story? Authentically, what are your traits? And then how do you supersize them and turn up the volume? Now, if you enjoyed today's show, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. And I'd love for you to take a quick moment and leave a comment and rate the show. I'd also love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Jason Patria on all platforms. And I love connecting with folks on LinkedIn so that you can get the latest on how to lead with your brand. And remember, in your career, don't be a commodity like coffee. Be a super premium brand that you are, just like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.